And that's the thing about the Lord. You know, if you're breathing air, then whatever it is, it's it's fixable. And um, all you got to do is change. Right. All you got to do is just follow the guidelines and, and he'll help you get back to where you need to be. And so uh, why don't we uh, pray and we'll get into the word today then. So, Father, we thank you for the healing power of God, that we're still the healed of God. Father, that you paid a great price to obtain healing for your children. Father, it's a free gift. It's not something that we earn, Father, or something that we uh, can, can strive to obtain by our good works. Father, it was a gift that was given to us by the work of the Lord Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that healing belongs to us as your children. You called it the children's bread. So, Lord, we, we give you the praise for it and the honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, praise God. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of, of Mark real quick. Um, and um, we had talked about this particular item last week, I believe, and um, uh, it's having an unforgiving spirit. And uh, I think we said that um, in this case, having an unforgiving spirit, uh, well, let's just read what, it, what the Bible says here. So, uh, of course, we know that uh, verses 22 through 24 are scriptures of faith, talking about uh, the authority of the believer and um, uh, the, the uh, prayer of faith. But then he gets down to verse 25. It says, when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father uh, in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So, uh, you know, unforgiveness is a sin like any other sin. And we understand in the New Testament, you know, thing, uh, once the Lord Jesus has completed his uh, redemption plan, that our forgiveness is not dependent upon our works. It, we, we have already been forgiven in that sense. So we're really receiving our forgiveness uh, that's already been done for us after Lord Jesus went to uh, completed the plan of redemption. Uh, and so, you know, have these uh, verses expired? Well, you know, it's a little bit different for us as the church. But what we can learn from this is if... Uh, because this part's still true, if we don't forgive, then it's a hindrance between us and the Lord, because all sin is a hindrance to, between us and the Lord, right? All sin will hinder the Lord's ability, the Father's ability to bless us in this earth. And if one of those blessings is forgiveness, uh, which it is, then uh, if we're in unforgiveness, then uh, it's not that God is punishing us, it's he's unable to fulfill his desire in our lives because of our choices and so you know if you can see it more uh, in that light because that's really the light that we need to live in is uh, we're not earning these things uh, all we're doing in our life really all of our lives is is we're just receiving the blessings that were paid for us on the cross and so everything that you do in this life that you have need of that the lord can provide for you which is really everything uh, that blessing or that need that you have that the lord is going to fulfill he completed the work for that back on the cross. So he's not going to go and uh, when you ask for something, he doesn't have to go and manufacture it or go find it or, or wait for, until you earn it. It was already done for the cross. So all you're doing really is in a receiving mode in all of your life. Uh, and so uh, in, in, um, uh, in these scriptures, you know, the context uh, before verse 25 is talking about your faith. And if you go through the Gospels, uh, when Jesus talks about things related to faith, you know, the, uh, this topic of unforgiveness is the only one 
where he says that this can be a hindrance to your faith. Uh, now, are there other ones? Well, there may be other ones, but uh, if Jesus chose to mention unforgiveness as being a hindrance to your faith, then uh, do you think that's a, that's a common occurrence? Probably a common occurrence, right? If Jesus made mention of it here, that uh, if you want faith, verses 22 through 24, that's great. But if you want to continue in faith, make sure that you walk in forgiveness. Uh, well, then that must be an important topic. It must be something that that uh, people struggle with. And how many people do you know that struggle with unforgiveness sometimes? That somebody has done something to them, somebody has said something to them, and they're in unforgiveness. And, um, uh, and so they need to learn to overcome that, right? They need to learn to walk in forgiveness so that it's not a hindrance to them because the worst thing is somebody's done something to you now you're in unforgiveness. Now God is unable to bless you, even though you didn't start it, you didn't do it, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't bring harm to somebody's life. But because you're in unforgiveness, you're also stuck. Now the person who did that to you, they're stuck too, right? Because Jesus said it'd be better that, that a millstone will hung around their neck than than they would harm a little one. Uh, and so, so the person doing the crime to you, whatever the crime is, it doesn't have to necessarily be something like a gun or anything. It could be an unkind word or an unkind action or, or an evil action. Uh, and they did that against you. And, uh, and then you struggle with uh, unforgiveness. Uh, now, they're in a mess. You're in a mess. And, and you were, you know, for the most part, uh, an innocent bystander. Uh, and it's not, so it's not that God's punishing you. Uh, it's your refusal to, to grant uh, clemency, right? Uh, you really are granting a pardon to... Uh, someone who's committed a crime against you uh, and and so you know in that um, so we don't want it to hinder our faith right so let's turn over to uh, Ephesians because Ephesians tells us really why you know why should I forgive them you know uh, they did this to me you know why should I forgive them well he tells us here in uh, Ephesians chapter 4 he said in verse 32 and be you kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another so Forgiveness is, you know, if, if forgiveness is, is pardoning somebody, then only the guilty needs to be pardoned, right? Now, I understand some people that were innocent were charged and, and put in jail, you know, and in that sense, you know, they, they're not guilty. But they're guilty as far as the law called them guilty, right? Whether they did the crime or not, the, the law called them guilty. And no doubt there has been plenty of examples of travesties of justice where somebody who was actually innocent went to jail and some i'm sure some people that's been innocent have even gone to death row uh, but uh, there's also plenty of people who are really guilty who who you know get put in jail right uh, and so so why do we forgive each other well he tells us right there that even as god for christ's sake has forgiven you how many of your sins have not been forgiven none of them right all of your sins have been forgiven and when you commit a sin against a perfect and holy God, that's much worse than committing a sin against another uh, uh, person who has plenty of other failures and faults already in their life. Um, and so, uh, according to what Jesus said in his parables. So, uh, we should have, because people say, well, I, I just struggle with forgiving them. Well, why is that? Hasn't God forgiven you? Well, then why can't you forgive somebody else? Well, you don't know what did it to me. Well, what did you do to the Lord? I mean, how, how many things have you done against the Lord? Even if you don't say that this was specifically against the Lord, but, you know, as you were a child, if you remember, of course, you may not remember the, the moment, but 
as a child, you know, when you came into the earth, you were alive unto God. Everybody was alive unto God. You know, you come into the earth as a, as a newborn child into the earth, you are alive unto God, right? The Bible says in John 1, 9 that God lights every, uh, every man that comes into the world. In other words, he turns the light on or he puts uh, life in them, the God, the God kind of life, the Zoe life. He imparts that into us because the spirit of man, uh, the Bible calls uh, the Lord the father of spirits. So although your physical body is a combination of the DNA from your mother and father, uh, and scientists are really trying to get rid of one of those, you know, they're always trying to come get rid of, you know, boys and girls and men and women, you know, they want just, you know, it's or guess, you know, but they're always struggling with that for some reason. Well, the reason why is because they hate God and, and they're always trying to get rid of God's, God's law, but that's another discussion. Uh, but you came into the world alive unto God. God placed a spirit in you and you became uh, aware of life, right? God made you, made you that way. So, you know, uh, uh, our pets, although we love them, you know, they're not made in the image of God. God didn't light and give, put a spirit in them. They have souls. They have emotions, right? You ever seen a, an animal happy or sad? And so they have emotions. They have intellect, right? You know, they can make a decision, you know, good and bad. My dog every day makes a decision to bark at the, at the mailman, right? Uh, and so he makes that decision every single day. Uh, and so he has a soul, right? He has a mind and an in intellect. You can train him, you know, to do everything except stop barking at the mailman. Uh, and so, uh, but people have a spirit. So that makes us unique in the world, right? Where if trees don't have spirits, although some people think they do, they really don't. Um, cats and dogs don't have spirits, you know. Uh, they have souls, amen? Uh, and so you are alive unto God. Uh, and how many children have you ever noticed that have a very strong awareness of spiritual things? And a lot of times, if the children will be trained and put into spiritual environments, like in a church, they will become sensitive to the Spirit of God and not even really necessarily understand it, but they'll just know it. And, and to them, it's not unusual to be in the presence of God. Well, somewhere along the way, uh, you know, and there's no particular age, it's when you became mentally aware of some decision in front of you that, yeah, I should do A, but I don't care. I'm going to do B. Well, when you're doing that, you're, you're saying, I don't care what God says because he's the one who put the structure of authority in the earth. I don't care what God says. I'm going to do what I want to do. Well, that failure, and everybody does it. The Bible says all men have sinned to come short of the glory of God, right? So everybody that has the mental awareness to make that decision has made that decision the wrong way. Every single person, not a single exception, except for the Lord Jesus, of course. Uh, and so at that moment in time, the Bible says, Paul said that uh, when, when sin came, uh, when the commandment came, sin revived and I died in Romans chapter 7. So he died spiritually. He didn't die physically. He died spiritually. In other words, that he was separated from the life of God. Uh, and when that happens, then you must be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. He told Nicodemus that in, in uh, John chapter 3. So... Uh, you made a, uh, again, did you know all the ramifications of your decision? Well, no. But do you ever know all the ramifications of your decision? You know, I'm just going to turn left today. Okay. Well, down the road, there's going to be somebody that you don't see. He's walking on a road, you know, and, 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 you know, who knows what could happen, right? I mean, so who knows what the ramifications, you, and the Lord knows all of them, but do you know all of them? You know, you probably don't know all of them. And you'd no doubt how many times have you said, if I had only known, I would have done something different, right? said this or done that, whatever it was. So you made that decision, and that decision was against the Lord only, right? 
Uh, I mean, we think, well, it was against mom and dad or whoever the authority was in that, that moment. But ultimately, it was against the Lord because he placed all that in there. And you're, what you're saying is, I don't care that the Lord placed this authority in my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. And now people don't articulate it that way. They don't say it that way. But that's in essence what they're saying. So, so you directly rebelled against the Lord. You said, you told the Lord, I know more than you do. I'm smarter than you are. I mean, you basically committed the same sin that, that, that Lucifer committed when he said, I will exalt my throne above the throne of the Most High God. Now, that's pretty grave uh, sin. And we don't really wait it that way. We, well, it was just, I just ate the cookie. That's all I did, right? I didn't really mean to, you know, to, to cause eternal uh, issues. But, you know, in essence, that's what we do, right? Uh, and so, uh, but did God forgive you? He did, right? He sent the Lord Jesus to pay for that particular sin, whatever that sin was. Uh, so, uh, and, and, you know, of course, we, we uh, I'm kind of making that light, you know, like it's not a grave sin, like some horrible sin that the, as men would measure. But even if, even if uh, you grow up then as an adult and you never accept the Lord Jesus and you go out and commit all kinds of terrible, actual, real horrible sins, but all those sins are still against the Lord always first and then against people second. Has the Lord forgiven you of all those things? He has, right? If the Lord's forgiven you of all those things, then, then why can't you pardon somebody else? And that's really the thing that, you know, if you could really understand that God has forgiven you, if you could really understand what it took for God to actually forgive you, because for him to forgive you requires a greater sacrifice than for each of us to forgive one another, because, well, I'm flawed and you're flawed, so it's two flawed people forgiving each other, right? But when it's compared against the Lord, God himself, he's not flawed at all. So if I commit a sin against him, which we all have, you know, that's that it's just worse to do it that way. Now, people may not agree with that, but that's what the Bible says. Uh, and so uh, what Ephesians is telling us is, look, you have the capacity to forgive. If you'll just meditate on how much God has forgiven you. Right. You remember you remember what uh, um, what what the Lord Jesus had told uh, in the Gospels there. He said. Um, who's, who's ever been forgiven much or who's ever been given the more will love the Lord the more, right? Now, he didn't say who's ever sinned the most loves the Lord the most. It's who's ever been forgiven the most. And, and that's, a, you know, that's, a, that's really a, a good distinction because some people like to brag about their sin. Oh, I was a big sinner. Man, I was such a big sinner, you know. Uh, and... Uh, and then belittle people who weren't the big sinners. You know, if you grew up in a church, you know, and, and stayed faithful to the Lord, you're probably not a big sinner. You know, you might have, you know, done a thing here or two there. But there's a lot of kids who grow up in church and never really commit any major sin. They just stay with the Lord all their life, stay faithful to God. You know, they may get mad every now and then, do, you know, eat the extra donut when they weren't supposed to. But as far as major sins, you know, not much. And then you get some sinners, you know, just, oh, you know, you're just so naive, you know, and. Um, uh, and I love God more because I sinned more. Well, no, Jesus didn't say that. He said, if you've been forgiven more. And so if you really know how big of even the smallest infraction is against the Lord, then you realize how big you've been forgiven. And that's really what I was trying to say. And that's really, if we would all get to that point and realize and understand how big the forgiveness of the Lord is to us, no matter what we've actually done, then it's really easy for us to to forgive somebody else because, well, Lord, you forgave me this much and I just need to forgive this person this much. And so it should be pretty easy for me to forgive, right? And that's really uh, the, the parable 
that, that Jesus had told us, and, and it would really be helpful for us to to stay in that uh, train of thought uh, to understand, you know, that that's. Uh, uh, in fact, let's just turn over there to to uh, Matthew chapter eighteen, because it, this, uh, you know, I have observed that being uh, having an unforgiving spirit, you know, I have observed that myself with many people that they just won't forgive. Uh, and they'll make every excuse in the world. Well, you don't understand. You don't know. You know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't start it. You know, blah, 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 blah. And that's why Jesus told this parable. And I think it'd be helpful in the context of this to, to uh, read this parable. And so he said uh, in verse 21, Matthew 18, verse 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft or how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. And, and, you know, people are always looking for a number, right? Why are they looking for a number? Because they want to know when they can start being in unforgiveness legally. Right? I want to know when I, can be, when I can just hate them and be okay with that, right? When I can be a mad against them and be okay with that. So uh, what's the short answer to, to the question there that Peter asked? None. There's never a, none. There's never a number, right? Uh, and so, of course, what did Jesus say? I, I say not unto thee until seven times, but unto seventy times seven. So it's 70 times 7. Everybody know? 490, right? Um, so, but you know what legalistic people are going to do? Okay, 490, great. One, two, three. They're going to start tracking it, right? Why? Because they're terrible people, right? I mean, just pe- people just always want a, a reason to, to live in sin, right? They, they want to elevate their flesh. It's 490 times the number. There's no number. Right. Jesus was just trying to pick a big number that, you know, has anyone ever sinned against you 490 times? Well, I know they have, you know, I mean, you should actually go count them. Right. Maybe sometimes it would help. But I, you ever met people that count things like that? Don't, I mean, it's just amazing to me. They can't tell you where John 316 is. Right. Uh, you know where it's at? It's in John 316. Right. I know. I just, but then it's like they say, hey, where's John 316? I have no idea. You know, it's like, wow. But they'll say, well, you know, this is the 14th time they've done this to me, you know, and, and I remember this is the seventh time they've called me that thing, and, and this is the 18th time. It's like, you remember all those things, but you can't tell me where John 3.16 is, right? And, and so you, you are paying way too much attention to the wrong things, right? But people will do that, won't they? Uh, and they will remember, you know, even when you get in the medical world. I mean, people could tell me, this is my 18th surgery, and, and you know, number one was by Dr. So-and-so, and he was at this hospital, and he used, you know, the number 10 blade on me, and, and then we had this, you know, doctor, you know, my number two one was this, and they, they took out my, you know, whatever this and whatever that, and duct taped this one on. And they can tell you all the history of that, and you well, where's John 316? I have no idea. And you remember all that stuff about your, your 27 surgeries and all the, tw- the 27 syllable Latin words of all the medication you're taking, but you can't tell me where John 316 is, and, and you know, we need to get the balance of life back where the balance is. Yeah, I remember everything about the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I remember Dr. So-and-so. Yeah, what's his name? You know, it's not that you have a, a bad memory. It's just, it's just not important for you to remember it, right? Uh, and so, and I'm not against doctors at all. I'm just thinking if you can remember your doctor's middle name and, and his second cousin twice removed's name, yeah. you ought to be able to remember where John 316 is, right? Is that New Testament or Old Testament, right? And, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll quiz Jared. Where's that in the Bible? Because I don't know. Okay, well, let's narrow it down. Old Testament or New Testament? Uh, and, okay, and, he, and he'll get that right, you know. Okay, well, is it in the Gospels or in the Epistles, right? You know, so, so you start. And, you know, it's just good for you to, uh, I don't, I'm not a big fan of memorizing Scripture, but it's good to know where these things are. And, and part of it is it's in your heart, right? It's not in your mind. It's not an intellectual thing. It's in your heart because you just know where it's at because of your heart. 
Uh, and so Jesus, he gave a number, but he didn't mean it to be a legalistic number that you, that you start counting and put it in a spreadsheet uh, to keep up with it. So that's one day you can be enough forgiveness to be okay with it, right? Uh, but he said, there's a certain, there's a kingdom of heaven like unto a certain king which would have take account of his servants. Now, in the parable, this king here, this first king is God. It represents God himself. Uh, and he said, when he had become to, to reckon uh, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. And of course, we, we did go through all these parables at one time. Uh, but I've got in my, um, uh, in just a note in my Bible, that's $3.8 billion. Uh, that's a lot of money. How do you get into $3.8 billion of debt? I don't have any idea, right? I mean, he's like, hey, can I borrow some money? How much you want to borrow? A billion dollars. Anybody ask you to borrow a billion dollars, you know? First of all, who do you know that's got one a billion you can borrow, right? But, you know, I mean, be nice to even have a friend. That, hey, can I borrow a billion? Yeah, here you go. So, I mean, if you let somebody borrow a billion dollars, I mean, you've got to have a little bit more than that, right? So how much money the Lord's got? Well, I mean, obviously he's got more than we'll ever know, right? He said, but for us, in verse 25, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had in payment to be made. Now, we know we just got done talking about uh, repentance and judgment, all sin has to be paid for, right? And this is the reckoning of the sin, right? This is the reckoning of the infractions that we've done against the Lord. So how, how big is $3.8 billion? Right? And, and if you go through and look at it, it's, it's really 200,000 years of labor is what it's equivalent to, right? So uh, anybody going to work 200,000 years? Daily laboring, seven days a week, 365 days a year? Uh, you, you're never going to do that, right? So, so how big is this debt? It can't be paid. That's the point of this the parable, right? The, the point is the debt that you owe the Lord for your sin cannot be paid by your own good works. Now, you could start now, right? I mean, you could start paying off $3.8 billion. Well, can I get a payment plan? Yeah. How much you want to pay? Well, how about if we do $10 a month, when would it get paid off? Right? Uh, in about, well, it's $3.8 billion, so that'd be 3.380 million years or 380 million months, right? It's whatever month. So that's a long-term plan, right? So, uh, and, and then your next question would be like, well, what's the interest rate? It doesn't matter what the interest rate is. If it was zero, you're never going to give. If it's 1%, you, you forget it, right? But if it was zero, you're never going to make it up, right? So the point of this is God is saying that your debt to him is so big and so massive, there's no way that you as an individual could ever pay it off, ever. It doesn't matter how many good works you might do. You know, well, I'm going to work overtime. Okay, 200,000 days of labor right 200,000 years of labor right uh, that's how long it's going to take okay well I'm going to work twice every week okay so now you've got a hundred thousand years of labor I mean if you if you doubled it up you still got a hundred thousand years of labor right uh, you know Adam if you go back just time wise Adam was, was lived about 6,000 years ago uh, if you go through the history of the Bible right that Adam was about six so so how long is 100,000 years if Adam lived the 6,000 years ago? I mean, it's just, the, you just can't comprehend how big of a debt we owe the Lord. That's the whole point of this parable is, is to get us to understand our debt to the Lord is so big because sin against the Lord is such an infraction against his holiness. And so, but for as much, in verse, back in verse 25, then for, uh, uh, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children, all they had, and payment to be made. So, uh, it, but he's still not going to make it up, though, is he, right? 
so the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Uh, okay. Uh, what did the Lord do? In verse 27, the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. So what has the Lord done with our debt? Did he forgive our debt? Did you earn it? Did you pay it off? No, he just, just wiped it clear, right? Now, what did the servant ask him to do? He said, have patience with me and I'll pay it. So what if the Lord took that deal? Okay, start today. When am I going to get done? 200,000 years of labor from now is when you'll get it done, right? Uh, which would be like never. You're never going to get it done. But that's not the deal that the Lord took, you know. And, and that's the way the Lord always does. If you ask him for this, he may give you that, but he'll give you a whole bunch of other stuff, right? Remember uh, when, when uh, Solomon asked for wisdom? The Lord said, I'll give you wisdom. He said, but I'll also make you the richest man in the world. I'll make you the, wi- the wisest man in the world. I'll, I'll get rid of all your enemies. I'll, you know, uh, I'm going to do all these things for you. And he only asked for one thing, but he got the whole package deal, right? He got a bunch of stuff along with it. And that's just the way the Lord is. Uh, and he said, uh, in verse 25, Lord, that compassion loosed him and forgave him the debt. So now the man's debt-free, right? Totally debt-free. Uh, that's a pretty good deal, right? Pretty good setup. Uh, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Now, if, if the man owed $3.8 billion to the Lord, this other guy owed him $3,200. Uh, and so how big of a debt is that? Well, that's pretty small, right? Anybody had a car that cost $3,200, right? Uh, I mean, you can pay that off no time at all, right? $300 a month, that's 10 months, right? You can get it paid off in about 18 months, depending on your interest rate. Not, not a bad deal, right? Uh, and so, so the, relatively speaking, then, uh, uh, now this is two human beings, right? So, so the first king represents God himself, and then the servant represents one of us, and the second servant represents also one of us. Uh, and so the point is that the debt that we owe to each other is real, but insignificant compared to what we owe the Lord. Uh, and so his fellow servant fell down at, at his feet in verse 29 and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Now, this is identically the same request that the second servant made, that the first servant made to the king. Exactly the same words, right? Uh, and uh, why do you think the Lord did that? Because, you know, that's the whole point of the parable, right? Well, give me the same deal you got. No, you're not getting the same deal I got. And he would not, in verse 30, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. I always thought it was an odd thing. You know, I'm going to throw you in jail until you pay me what you owe me. Well, how am I going to do that if I'm in jail, right? I'm, I can't work, you know, can't do anything, can't get on eBay and sell nothing. Uh, but uh, that's what he did, right? Uh, and, so, and so we know the rest of the parable, right? The, 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 the king found out, threw the man back in jail. Uh, and um, in verse 35, he says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. So Jesus, this whole point of this parable was for Jesus to show that the things that we do to each other are, are real. They do exist. But compared to what we've done to the Lord, there's no comparison. If you can believe that now, I believe it because that's what the Lord said, right? If you can believe it, then it should be easy for you to get, oh, what you did to me is horrible. But that's not even close to what I've ever done to the Lord ever. Right. Uh, and, and that's the whole point of Ephesians chapter four. That's the whole point of this parable. And that's why Jesus was saying that you need to do this because you don't want it to be a hindrance to someone else. So this second, the, the, this first servant, because he was an unforgiveness, 
It cost him everything, didn't it? Now, he was forgiven, but because he, was, he uh, went on and, and uh, stayed in unforgiveness, remained in unforgiveness, it cost him everything. And there are a lot of people who will lose everything in this life, not because of what they've done, but because what they won't pardon somebody else for what they've done. And, and see, this man himself, you know, he, hadn't, uh, he had been forgiven of his debt, uh, but because he held that, that unforgiveness against somebody else, then all that debt came due, right? Uh, and so, um, so it's, it's really a good parable, uh, and it really should motivate us and help us to understand that it, it should be easy for us to forgive one another. And I understand when you're forgiving somebody, especially if it's something real and something, you know, I'm not talking about they just cut line in front of you at, at Walmart or something, you know, they got through the buggy line quicker than you did. Um, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm not, you know, real things. People do unkind, real things to each other, right? They're terrible things. Uh, but uh, many times uh, we'll struggle with that unforgiveness because of our emotions. Our emotions are raw. They're real. You know, we've got our feelings hurt. Uh, and, um, you know, why'd you do this to me? You know, I thought we were friends. Not, you know, I've never done anything to you. And all those things may be true. But it's, it, it's irrelevant in the context of, but you still need to forgive them. Uh, because everything they've done to you is a fraction of what you've already done to the Lord. Uh, if you'll believe that, then it'll make it easy for you to, to forgive one another. So when you forgive, you remember, remember we said forgiveness is pardoning somebody. You choose to pardon somebody because God has already pardoned you, right? He's took your account and he's wiped it completely clean. He said, this person has no account with me at all as far as sin goes. And you're supposed to take that same account that somebody else has done to you, wipe it clean. And as far as your heart's concerned, right, because you've got to forgive, he said, from the heart. So it's not just, well, I'm sorry, you know, that's not forgiving. Well, I forgive you, you know, but I'm never going to forget it. That's not really from your heart, right? That's, that's, uh, and I understand from a technical standpoint, you won't really forget it, but it won't be real to you, right? So if I mention so-and-so's name, you know, where you go, well, then you haven't really forgiven him, right? So you need, you need to work on that, right? Because we don't want unforgiveness to be a hindrance to us. Why should you suffer uh, doubly for what somebody has done to you? Uh, first, from what they've actually done, and secondly, from the hindrance to God blessing you because you won't forgive them. And so you can forgive somebody because God's forgiven you. Uh, and if you don't forgive, then it's going to be hindrance to your faith. Uh, and so uh, it's like any other sin in that regards because it's an infraction against the Lord. But it's a common sin, right? Uh, and it's common enough that Jesus made mention of that one as, as uh, one in particular that will hinder your faith. And so we don't want our faith hindered. Uh, and, you know, uh, we can ask the Lord, Lord, is anybody that uh, I'm not forgiven, you know, 100%? Sometimes we'll, well, I forgive like 95%, right? This is a big toe, I won't forgive them, uh, that part of them. Uh, no, you need to forgive them 100%, right? And if they come up in your heart or your mind, you know, just, you know, Lord, I choose to, I choose to pardon them. And, and, you know, we all have things to deal with, but anytime that happens to me, if, the, you know, well, I, you know, I thought I forgave them, and then something will, somebody will mention maybe their name or something, and, and that little man on the inside gets all cranked up because you heard their name then I'll, I'll immediately just declare again, Lord, I choose to, to pardon them. And then I'll go on and go the extra mile. And Lord, I ask you to bless them, increase them, protect them, watch over their family, uh, give them a raise, right? To make sure their bodies are healthy. I'll double up and, and pray an extra amount for them. Because sometimes the enemy of mankind, the devil, will, will 
cause you to remember things to try to get you to stir up all those emotions. And if he's behind that, last thing he wants it for you to do is to ever pray for somebody. So if every time that comes up in your mind, uh, and if you pray for them, then he won't bother you really uh, any at all about that. Uh, at some point in time, he'll just give it up as a lost cause. So go on the offensive. Pray. Amen. Go on the offensive and choose to pardon people because what we've done for the Lord is much worse than what, the, uh, what, the, what we've done to the Lord is much worse than what anybody's done to us. And so let's look at, uh, uh, we're in Matthew 18, turn over to chapter 5 here. So um, if, if uh, we need to, uh, we need to, to uh, forgive somebody, but also uh, in some cases, it could be that, uh, that we have outstanding sin. Of course, we know that unforgiveness in itself is an outstanding sin, but if it's something that you've actually done against somebody, uh, then uh, let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, he said here, um, let's say, am I in chapter 5 here? Um, yep, he, and so in Matthew chapter 5, let's, let's start in verse, uh, in verse 20. Verse 20 is an, an amazing verse. Because if you think about the context, Jesus, of course, the, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are the Beatitudes, right? So blessed be all the, all the pe- people do things. Uh, but right here in the middle of this, he says to these people. Now, these are just regular people. So they're not really the Pharisees. They're just, you know, the, the masses of people that he, spoke, that he spoke to. The beginning of chapter 5, it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up to a mountain. And when he was set, uh, his disciples came unto him. So these are not the Pharisees, not the doctors of the law. These are just the regular people, right? They've not trained themselves to be Pharisees. They've not tried to be religious zealots. Most of them are just working class people trying to make a living. Just, you know, um, it sounds like a song there, right? Uh, and so uh, just trying to get by in life, you know, like a lot of regular people do. Just trying to be good and have a good life. And he said in verse 20, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, a lot of people would hear that and say, then I need to become a religious person. I need to put on the robe, the, the, all the little things with the scriptures on them, you know, uh, and I need to, you know, uh, read the law, keep the law to its letter, do everything, you know, according to what the, what the Old Testament says. And is that what Jesus meant, to being the most religious person around? No. How can we, uh, how can we as uh, regular people exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes? We get born again, right? What did Jesus say about us uh, in the epistles, right? He said that uh, for he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the what? The righteousness of God. So if we are the righteousness of God by faith, is that greater than the righteousness of somebody who's righteous by works? Well, sure it is, right? So that's the only way we can exceed the righteousness is to become righteous by faith, amen? Uh, because if it's righteousness by the law, somebody's always better than you, right? Somebody can, can do just a little bit more legalistic things than you can do. Uh, and, uh, and it's not worth the fight to try to, to out, outdo somebody like that. But he said that, that our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. And so if they're not listening closely, didn't know all that they need to know about the Lord, they may think, well, then my cause is hopeless, right? And a lot of people, I'm sure, would come to that conclusion, but that's not what Jesus was saying. He said in verse 21, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill. Whoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you 
that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka shall be in danger uh, of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of, of hell. Uh, and he said, Therefore, if thou bring, uh, and this is the point that he was getting to here, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and remember that thy brother has ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way, First be reconciled to thy brother and come and offer thy gift. So uh, whoever this person was, you know, apparently has done something to their brother and uh, they, they've not made up with their brother, right? Uh, have you ever done anything to anybody in the world? Well, we probably all have, right? Uh, and uh, should you make it right? Well, you should make it right, you know. Uh, and so there, there are times that you need to seek forgiveness for your actions, right? So the previous one was when you're not providing somebody forgiveness for their actions but in verse 12 or not verse 12 but item number 12 here it's when you need to uh, receive forgiveness for your actions and a lot of times you know uh, you know I have known people that they will not repent I mean it doesn't matter what it is or what they've done they just will not repent because they have done no wrong they've never done anything wrong to anybody right you have known people that perfect uh, you know I know people who think they're perfect I haven't met anybody who's actually perfect but there are plenty of people who think they're perfect who have never done anything wrong. Uh, and so, you know, you've got to be careful about uh, uh, living a life where uh, that you're never repenting for your actions. Uh, you know, it's uh, and, and, you know, I see this even sometimes with parents, you know, parents do things wrong to their kids and they'll never repent to their kids. And they'll say, I don't repent to my kids. And I'm thinking, but surely you've you've done one thing wrong to your kids. Right. I mean, you've you've accused them of something they didn't really do or. You know, you you uh, you know maybe took away their cupcake or something when when you weren't supposed to, or maybe you got angry at them for no reason. Um, surely you've done something wrong to your children, right? And uh, you can ask all of my kids uh, that uh, I've apologized to all my kids, you know, for different things over the years, things that I've said or done, or uh, that uh, maybe I thought they'd done something and treated them as if they did that, and find out later that they hadn't done that. Uh, well, I you know I will apologize to them and. Uh, uh, you know, ask them to forgive me uh, because I'm not perfect. So uh, if you need to seek forgiveness, if you need to obtain forgiveness for your, for your actions, but you won't do it, but then you need the Lord to forgive you, that would be a hindrance, wouldn't it, right? Remember, and that's really where the, uh, the man in uh, Luke chapter 5 that was born by the, his four friends let down in, in the roof there, right? What did Jesus say to him before he, he healed him? He said, man, thy sins are forgiven thee, Right? Uh, and apparently for that fellow, uh, he, he was not going to be able to receive healing until his sins were dealt with. Now, was the Lord willing to do both? Sure he was, and he did do both, right? He forgave him and he healed him. Uh, so the Lord's not opposed to giving, giving you forgiveness. But, um, you know, uh, we should all realize none of us are perfect, right? And, and never think that, well, I've never done anything wrong, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I know a fellow, he was on his deathbed. And he had, and a pastor went to him and talked to him and said, hey, is there anything that you need to repent of? You know, just to make sure because you're not getting healed by the Lord. So we just want to make sure because that's item number 12, right? Now, it may not be to item 12. It could be 11, could be 13, could be 1, could be none of the above, right? But it might have been one of those. So uh, the pastor was prompted to ask this fella, anything you need to forgive, be, uh, uh, ask forgiveness for. You know, and now I knew this fella. I knew him for a long time. And he said, no. 
And so I was talking to the pastor, you know, that wasn't my pastor, but another pastor I know about the situation. He was telling me the story. And I'm thinking, I could give you a list. I mean, I've seen him do just terrible things, you know, and, and, and um, uh, now had he, could he, had he, I mean, he could have already asked forgiveness for those. I don't know. But, you know, I, there, there was some that I know for sure that he hadn't asked forgiveness for. Uh, I'm not his judge, of course, but, but uh, I'm thinking I could have given him a list if he'd asked, you know, here, forgive, ask forgiveness for these things right here, right? Uh, and so, I mean, if I'm on my deathbed and, and I'm not getting healed and somebody asked me that, I said, what do you think? You know, uh, I mean, I, 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 whatever it takes, right? You know, I remember the, the, uh, uh, the book that, that Dodie Osteen wrote about uh, her, her uh, trials with sickness. You know, she was ill and, and she, she went to the doctor. And the doctor, you know, they ran a bunch of tests on her, said, well, you need to go home and die. You've got brain cancer, terminal brain cancer. You will not survive. And there's nothing we can do. No chemo, no surgery, you know, nothing, you know. They, they still can't do brain transplants yet. Uh, and, uh, but maybe someday they'll be able to do. And I've, I've got a few people on the list that, that I know may be good candidates. But um, so she went home and so she, well, Lord, whatever it takes. So she started writing letters to anybody she's ever had any conflict with ever. I forgive you, you know, please forgive me, you know. Uh, just, you know, sometimes it helps just to make sure, right? Well, Lord, I just want to take that off the list that there's not anything there. Uh, and so, uh, so it could be an issue, right? Now, it may not be, right? If, 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 you, if you have a healthy relationship with the Lord and you ask for forgiveness on a regular basis about things that you do, then, you know, you're probably good with the Lord, right? Uh, and so um, that, that may not be applicable to you, but uh, just in case, just check it out, right? It doesn't hurt to check it out. Uh, and so let's turn over to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 11 here. So in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, yeah, Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, I, could, I think we know this verse, right? But um, um, in verse 6, he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, and, you know, you could stop preach on that one right there for a long time without faith. So the, how is the only way we have to please God faith right and yet does faith the the concept of faith the, the faith movement the faith message uh are there people in a church who don't like it there are plenty of people in church well, I don't like that faith preaching you know all that faith preaching well you don't like pleasing God huh I mean what does what pleases God I mean the, the greatest things that people that Jesus said about people in the gospels were always related to their faith right um uh, and so Without faith, it's impossible to peace. And for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder. So does God exist? Yes. Is God a rewarder? Yes, he is. Uh, but he is a rewarder to who? Those who diligently seek him. Uh, and so uh, in this verse, then, uh, he uses a word that makes everybody uncomfortable, right? Diligence. Uh, and for some reason, that makes people uncomfortable, right? Diligence uh, just means uh, that you have a strong, faithful, fervent attitude uh, with the Lord, right? So, so we should be seeking him with a strong, faithful, fervent attitude, right? So faithfulness is consistence, right? I'm consistently, I'm there, I do the job, uh, I'm always there. You know, they never have to wonder if I'm going to be there or not. Uh, and, um, 
uh, you know, there, there's, uh, I know in a lot of churches, uh, different roles uh, have a real problem, right? And so, you know, you go to some churches and maybe the sound man is, is terribly unfaithful and, and they just never know if he's going to show up or not. You know, if he shows up, you know, he does it. But if he doesn't show up, then, you know, you're just stuck, right? I mean, you just, you don't know. You, uh, and so, you know, well, if he's here, we'll just let him run it. If not, you know, I guess we'll go turn it on ourselves, right? And some churches, they do that. Well, well what's, that, what's the failure in that person? Well, their failure is the diligence to do the job they've been assigned, right? And for some people, they have a real aversion to being faithful. They have, you know, they, they don't want to have to be at the same seat, uh, the same service, Every single week, you know, they'll make come for two or three weeks, but then they'll miss two or three weeks because they well, I don't want anybody depending on me. You know, I don't want anybody thinking I'm going to be there every single time. You know, so we're going to we're going to nip that in the bud by just showing up at random times. Right. And, and there's people who do that. Right. But the problem is, you know, they think there's no big deal. But I guarantee you that same attitude is the same attitude have with the Lord. Well, Lord, I, you know, I can't I can't not sin for like weeks at a time. You know, it's just going to happen. I'm going to. You know, I'll send, I may send today or tomorrow, I don't know, but, you know, we, we, we can't go on like this forever, right, with no sin. I mean, it's, it's just going to happen. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, your faithfulness to the Lord uh, is reflected in your faithfulness in things you do in this world. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're not faithful at anything in this world, I can guarantee you, you are not faithful to the Lord. And a lot of people are always trying to make the deal, I love God, you know, I love God, you know. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, we get... Sometimes you get visitors cards and, you know, sometimes people say, because one of the questions on there is what church are you a member of? Because we don't want to steal other people's sheep. Uh, and so the, the ones that always say, I am a member of the church, you know, quote the church, right? Uh, they're always the biggest troublemakers, right? Because that means they're a member of no church, right? And that means they have no faithfulness. Uh, and uh, yeah, I remember a fellow years ago, this before, even before I was a pastor, but he said, yeah, I've been thrown out of 14 churches in, church, in, in town. Like it was a badge of honor. Like, you know, I'm proud. Look at what I've done. I've been thrown out of 14. So it means you've been unfaithful 14 different times, right? Uh, and so, uh, so it's just helpful. You know, if, if you want to grow, one aspect of, of, of good spiritual growth is to find something that, that, that you have to be responsible for and to sign up for that, right? Whatever the smallest thing, right? I'm going to be the one who picks up that leaf on that, on that uh, driveway every week. If it's there, then that's my leaf, right? Nobody's going to get that leaf besides me. Uh, and, uh, and I know that's just a being facetious on that. But it's helpful for us because we need to train ourselves what faithfulness looks like. So faithfulness is diligence, consistency, being there with the Lord. Uh, and, and it's not just, I mean, church attendance is, is, is part of it, but it's not the loyalty of you're sitting in the same seat, right? It's I'm there because God's called me to be there and I'm going to do whatever the Lord asked me to do there to be part of that particular group uh, in that church. Uh, and, and some people, they just, they really struggle with, I don't want to be responsible for anything. I want to, I want to live my own free life. And, and if you do that, and there are plenty of people in a church who do that, they are really unfaithful to the Lord too. Uh, and they'll wonder why, why, why do things never work for me? Uh, and, and, you know, the Lord said many times, talking about faithfulness, you know, if, if you are faithful in another man's things, I will make you faithful over your own. Uh, and, and a lot of people, they don't want to be faithful over somebody else's things. They want to go straight from, you know, oh, Lord, I can have all the stuff. Well, just give me all that stuff. Well, what have you shown to yourself to be faithful over? And, and you know, and I, I know just 
for me and Chris, you know, the, the Lord has, uh, I believe the Lord has granted us with a lot of favor, a lot, lot of revelation, a lot of wisdom of the Word of God, a lot of things that, that, uh, that we just know that He's blessed us with over the years. And, and to me, that's the greatest blessing that the Lord could give to, to me and Chris, you know, as, as ministers, as the pastors of the church here. Uh, and, and we look at our natural lives and, you know, today we're the healthiest we've ever been. And we've never been unhealthy, but we're just the healthiest we've ever been. The, the, the most prosperous we've ever been. The happiest we've ever been. Uh, the more at p- most at peace we've ever been in our lives. And it gets better every day. I mean, it, it's not like it's, uh, you know, some people it's kind of, a, you know, goes up. Well, you got to win some, you lose some, right? I mean, ours is, we just keep, it just keeps getting better every day for us in our lives, in our ministry. Uh, and, and, and I'm convinced that it's because of the 20 years we spent with my pastor and faithful with him. Uh, reg- uh, even in times of, of hard times, right? That we were faithful to be at that church and to do things for him because that's where God had called us. That's where God had called us to set our hands to. And we were going to be faithful in that area. And we never missed a service, you know, unless we were traveling. But we, just, we, we were never at home in town uh, when there was a church service. We were either at church or we were out of town. Uh, and so, and maybe a handful of times uh, we were not, uh, we didn't feel well enough to go to church. Uh, and and this, I'm not trying to get anybody under pressure, but the, the Lord said, those who what? Diligently seek him. Diligently seek him, right? So a lot of people think, well, that's prayer, reading the word, and that, well, that's part of it, right? But that's not all of it. Uh, it's, it's your whole life, right? Because the greatest job we can all be is to be a servant in this life. Amen? Uh, and I'm always going to be a servant. Uh, wherever I can find, I'm going to be a servant. Uh, and so, uh, so Brother Bosworth said that uh, lack of diligence is an area that he has seen has been a hindrance for people receiving the blessings of God, specifically in the area of healing. And I have seen that too. I've seen the people that, that are really the most unfaithful, kind of wishy-washy people. You know, you, you see them once, you know, and then you don't see them again for six months. And, you know, and, and people say, well, that's my church, you know. Uh, and I've had people say, well, that's my church. I'm thinking, I haven't seen you in like years, right? Well, that, yeah, but that was my church. That's not your church, right? And I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just, you know, in their minds, they think they're being faithful, but they're not because faithfulness is diligence, right? Diligence is being there. And, you know, our church services is a good way to measure your own diligence, but it's not the only way, right? Or do you read your Bible right at home? Do you pray uh, when you're not at church? Uh, do you try to get better every day as far as the word tells you, right? When, when uh, a, a message goes forth and says, well, you know, you're doing A, you should be doing B, or do you go home and say, well, Lord, I'm going to start doing B? You know, that's diligence, right? Uh, and so it's not really hard, but it, it does take some effort, right? Diligence does take effort. Uh, and so, because we know, you know, like with Abraham, you know, the Bible said that he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, right? So staggering at the promise said, well, you know, I'm going to do it for a little while, but after a while, it's just, it's not worth the effort to continue in the promise. And a lot of Christians are that way. And it's not to, to condemn people. It's not to beat people up. It's to show us that, that look, um, you have an opportunity to obtain the, the fullness of the blessings of God. Here's a good way to do it. Right? It's not the only way, right? It's only one out of many. But it is an area that I have seen that, that a lot of people that, that I know that are that way are usually the people that struggle the most with their sickness and disease, struggle the most with their finances, struggle the most in just being uh, victorious in their faith in this life. Uh, and so a lot of times people want all the blessings of the Lord 
without the diligence of their own life. Amen. Uh, and so they want all the blessings, but, but the Lord's, well, I need you to be, you know, do this every single day, right? Uh, and, um, you know, I've had people that were uh, exceedingly talented uh, musicians, and, and they did not want to be on the praise and worship team because they didn't want to be responsible of being at church every single Sunday. And, and, and that's, you know, and so they didn't do it. But who gave them the talent to be a musician? The Lord did. Why wouldn't you want to use that for the Lord? Well, I do. If I can just show up when I want to and play, no, it doesn't work that way. Not around here anyway, you know. I mean, if I had somebody who just showed up every now and then wanted to play, you know, the guitar or something, no, we'll just, we'll just play a tape, you know. I mean, a long time before we do that because it's not about me making you feel good, you know. Because uh, if, if, what would happen is the Lord would say, well, I need you to sing this song on a Sunday because that's how we, we decide the songs. We, you know, we... We pray, and, and then you know, Chris does most of it, but every now and then the Lord just prompt me, hey, sing this song. Okay, that'd be a great song. Well, I, you know, we'll play that song on Sunday. We'll do that song on Sunday. Then you get here, and the musician's not here. Well, well, did the Lord know that? He did. But he doesn't change because of somebody else's changing. If that's the song for that day, then that's the song for the day. From before the foundation of the world, that was the song for the day. But if they don't show up and you can't sing the song because they can't, you're not playing the music for that song, then, then the Lord's will is, is, is limited, right? He he's now can't accomplish his will. And that happens all the time, right? How many times does the Lord want to do something and the person who's supposed to do that is not willing to show up, right? Uh, and it's not just church. It's, it's the, whole, the whole, whole of humanity, right? So uh, diligence uh, can, be a, um, can be an issue, right? Now, some people, they're just faithful. And, you know, to be honest, what I have found is that many times people that are, are raised in the denominational churches are often much more faithful people than people who are raised in the word churches, right, in the charismatic churches. And I think part of it is that uh, we preach grace, but almost to the point that, well, then it doesn't matter what you do. Then you, God will love you, which is in essence true, but we don't teach them faithfulness, right? And I think a lot of times the denominational churches, they, they do spend more time in character building, you know, and faithfulness. And, and it's a good thing, right? I mean, it's, and, and, and it, should be, uh, it should be commended, right? Uh, and so sometimes we're too free in the charismatic churches, right? Uh, well, I'm free to do nothing. Well, I'm free to be diligent, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, uh, it should be okay to be faithful, amen? Uh, because I want... I want what the Lord said. If I, uh, you know, I was faithful over another man's ministry for decades and, and to the best of my ability. It wasn't perfect, no doubt, but to the best of my ability, I was there. Uh, and, and I believe even now I'm still reaping from, from that diligence uh, of him. Uh, and he's been gone. In fact, we were talking about today lunch. He will have been gone 14 years next month. And my pastor's been gone. And I was with him for 20 years. So, you know, he's not even been gone as long as I was with him. But... Um, but long after that, you know, I'll, I'll be still receiving uh, benefits from that, I believe. Amen. Uh, and then we'll, we'll just do the, the next one here just real quick. Because he said, uh, he made a point here about, about one of the problems that we're seeking miracles and not healing. Uh, and, you know, it was a little bit of splitting hairs, you know, but I still wanted to address it because he was saying that a lot of times um, uh, his definition of a miracle is an instant healing. 
but if you have a healing that takes you a day to obtain or a week to obtain or a year to obtain, is that still not a miracle? It's still a miracle, right? Because did you do it by uh, health food or eating right or exercise? Or did you do it by the power of God? Well, you did it by the power of God. It just may be that um, um, uh, you didn't come as quick as you thought. But I, I think in essence what he is saying is if, if you are only going to believe that, that you could be healed instantly, and if you don't get it immediately when hands are laid on you, then you no longer walk in faith, then that's an issue, right? And that's some people that are that way, they're not willing to stay the course, right? So hands are laid on them, all the, all the work of faith was done, and they need to then maintain that faith every day in diligence to say, well, Lord, I'm healed because they laid hands on me, right? Or whatever, you know, I declared that I was healed. Uh, and there are some times that it takes a, a period of time to receive healing. Uh, and, um, uh, well, how long is that? Well, it really is a measure of your faith. I believe it's, it's got something to do with how much faith you have. And a lot of times it's faith for that specific thing. Because, uh, you know, have you ever noticed that some things you can believe God for, it just seems like, just man, just like that, I get it. But then something else, you know, I mean, you get a new toe ache or something and you believe God, it goes away instantly. But then this one thing, you know, it's bothered you for 10 years. Now this over thing over here, just like that right there. But this thing over here, uh, and I think part of it is the familiarity of those things. And there's a little fear, well, the Lord is here for, been here for two days now, and maybe it's not going to happen, right? Uh, and it's just the normal reaction of humanity that sometimes, um, you know, maybe our faith isn't as strong as that because of it's, well, it's been there for a long time, right? And, uh, and it seems as though people have the hardest time overcoming uh, what I call chronic sicknesses. So it's not terminal. They're not going to die from it, but it's an, it's an annoyance, right? Something that's been with them a long time. And now a new one comes along, they get rid of it real quick. But this thing's been around, you know, like the old uncle sitting in the back, in the back room, you know, you, would you please leave, right? And they won't leave. And, uh, and so you, you've got this thing that's been around. Uh, and, and so sometimes we think, well, if I don't get it instantly, I didn't get it at all. And, and we should never have that mentality that uh, our mentality should be, it can either leave today, it can leave tomorrow, it's going to leave. Yeah. That should be our attitude, right? And that's my attitude. You know, you can leave today, you can leave tomorrow, but you're leaving. Um, you know, I'm not going to give it up. Uh, and there are some things, you know, I told you, uh, like, uh, I'd gone to the doctor one time for my regular physical, and that year, so that was like in the middle of the year, but early in the year, I noticed that I, I couldn't lift up, you know, my left arm, and then, uh, you know, about two or three months after that, I know I couldn't lift up my right arm without a lot of pain, right? There was a lot of significant pain, uh, and so, I went to the doctor and, and, you know, everything else checked out. And, and he got any other questions? Yeah. He said, I said, I got this pain. You know, you got an idea what it could be? And he asked me some questions. He said, well, it, it, it's probably arthritis. And I said, okay, well, if it's just arthritis, it's not a big deal. And he goes, oh, no, 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 don't just say it's just arthritis, you know, because arthritis is a real disease. Well, it is a real disease. But in my heart, everything that's got a name, it's, it's just that. Because yeah. if it's just that, then God can take care of that, yeah. right? So, you know. Well, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, this crazy, awful thing. Okay, well, if it's just that, then, then God can handle that. Of course, God can handle it anyway. But now that I've got a name, yeah. I've got a name, right? And every name that I know is going to bow to the name of Jesus. Uh, and so, so I started believing God for that. Well, I'm the healed of God. Now, and, and um, man, it didn't go away instantly. Uh, well, I'd get the next day. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the healed of God. It didn't go the second day third day fourth day it was a year it took me a year before you know i could raise my hand like that and no pain right 
But see, I don't care. I just tell it, well, I have to live to be 120 because I'm going to have to outlive it. I'm not dying with this thing. I will outlive it. Uh, and, and so that, and that goes back to number 13, right? Lack of diligence. I'm going to stay the course in faith no matter what. So uh, a miracle, a miraculous, in, uh, and I think he might have been better served by saying an instantaneous healing versus a healing uh, by a degree. Uh, and, and so it's, it's not so much about, I, I think it's really the, the, a couple of things. One is, where is your faith for that thing, right? So it's not just your overall faith. It's what's your faith for that thing, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, there have been other times that I've had arthritis in my hands, you know, and then the Lord showed me, you know, because uh, I remember one time I was mowing the yard and both my hands started hurting. You know, oh, that's really weird, you know. Um, uh, and, and the Lord said, well, that's arthritis. Ah, well, after arthritis, it has to go. And I just spoke to my hands, you know, you're not going to do that in the name of Jesus. And that went away, like instantly. And that does happen lots of times, things like that. Uh, and so, but for whatever reason, you know, and I don't know, and I don't really care. Whatever, whatever it takes, it's going to go. Uh, and that's really the attitude we need to have is whatever it takes. So don't, don't be looking for, I can only be successful if I get an instantaneous healing. Uh, if you got that level of faith, praise God. That's great. And, you know, for me, I've had plenty of instantaneous healings. Lots and lots of times just something happens and I believe God and goes away instantly. And there's other things. And, and I don't know why, you know, uh, you know, I mean, maybe it's just my, my lack of faith in that area for whatever reason. But. Even if I got lack of faith, I don't have lack of diligence. And so I'll stay the course uh, and just outlast them all. Uh, and that's really the attitude we need to have. I'll outlast all of you all, right? And my enemies, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll outlive all of you all. So you all be dead in heaven, you know, and, and uh, I'll catch up to you eventually. But, but um, I'll outlive all of you if that's what it takes. So, uh, so uh, don't feel like instantaneous healing is necessary for you to be healed. Amen. And a lot of people outside that don't like the faith movement, don't like the, the healing movement, will tell you, you know, well, you know, if you're not healed instantly, then it's all smoke and mirrors. It's like, no, that ain't true at all, right? And plenty of times, you know, uh, uh, we, we've been healed supernaturally over time, amen, without doctors and without medicine, without surgery, and we're not against any of those, but uh, we can believe God for those things, amen? Uh, and so we'll pick this up uh, next week, but uh, let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you uh, for your word. And Father, we thank you that as we go through these particular items that Brother Bosworth, your servant, has written down for our benefit. Father, that you will reveal to us in our own hearts if we need to make adjustments in any of these areas. And Father, as you do that, we'll be diligent, faithful to repent, Father, faithful to change, faithful to adjust how we think and how we believe about uh, anything that you show us. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you that we are the healed of God. You paid a great price, Father. We have the right and the privilege to live all the days of our lives, Father, with a sound mind, Father, with strong bodies, clarity of thought, Father, and ease of movement, without aches and pains, Father, and difficulties and shortcomings. We are the healed of God. And, Father, we will be diligent to declare that all the days of our lives. We're not going to race to the bottom as we get older, Father. We will stay the course until our last breath on this earth. And, Father, we thank you for that and give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God, I'd, I'd encourage you, stay the course, right? Uh, we, in faith, he said, a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, and, you know, part of that is diligently having the right confession. Amen. Well, you know, when you get older, it all just starts falling off eventually, right? And, and um, you know, that's not diligence in your faith, right? 
a lot of people it's, it, they get older well you know you just never know you know just uh, you just wait till you get old and you'll be crippled like us you know uh, and uh, you know it's uh, what's that oh I know I, I've been told that you know well you just get older right well look at that big old dog right out there you throw a saddle on that one and ride him around so uh, <laughs> so yeah come ahead Mr. Jared we'll receive the offering and because these people don't know that we can see them right and um I get these people walk by all the time, pripping in the mirror there, you know, they'll check out themselves, you know, they'll look, see if their blue jeans look good on them, you know, and <laughs> I'm going to wait till they get up right close to the mirror one time and just go up and go, bam, you know, just <laughs> I think that'd be funny. They may not think it's funny, but you know, I think that'd be pretty funny, right? <laughs> I did that to Dora one time. I didn't ever tell you that. Uh, Dora was at our house in the bathroom and I thought it was Jared. Uh, so, I, so I went right up to the door, just like this right here. And I was waiting for her to open the door, and it's just going to stand there, you know. And, then, and it was her. <laughs> and she went, ah! And I went, ah! <laughs> I laughed. She didn't laugh as much as I did, but I, I thought it was pretty funny. Because uh, it had been funny with Jared, but it was really funnier because it was her. <laughs> so, y'all be blessed. Have a wonderful week, and you're dismissed. <laughs>